Are you a lady boss making 50 to 100,000 in your business and you're ready to break through that six figure barrier? Have you done a great job of creating a nice life as the ultimate gig master, but know your inner CEO is calling you to greater heights? You're in the right place if you want to create and implement solid fundamentals in your business without sacrificing fun. I'm Pam Ivey. I'm certified in small business management, and I concentrate in the areas of training and certifying real estate assistants, coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs in online business, marketing, growth, and profit acceleration. And I take men and women business owners aged 40 plus to bucket list destinations around the world for a month at a time to work, explore, and live in community. And I'm Jane Gary, known as the sales strategist for the non-sales person. And I work with business owners who want to increase their conversion rate, shorten their sales cycle, and have more impact and influence with the work they do, all while having more fun with selling. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. Today, you have just Jane. Hey, Jane. Hey, everybody. <laughs> you were you sleeping there? <laughs> and Pam, uh, no interview for you today. It's just going to be us chatting. It's so nice to get back to this. It's been quite a while. You know, we've been absolutely inundated, which is really exciting for us, with uh, request to be guest on our show. So that's why we've been having so many interviews lately. There's just been so many interesting people to talk to. But we thought we'd get back to just Jane and Pam. So today we're going to be talking about building your sales confidence and muscle. And of course, we know that Jane's going to be doing most of the talking on this because, well, that's her specialty. So you know, with that said, Jane, why don't you jump right in? Yeah, absolutely. So selling, it is my specialty. It is my love. It is my passion. It is my career of choice and has been since the first lemonade stand I had and then selling shoes at the mall. And then after graduating from college, getting getting sales jobs in bigger corporations. So very, very passionate about this topic. So the first thing I really want to do is just set this up for everybody and talk a little bit about what selling is and what it is not. And I like to start out with this because sales has gotten such a bad rap over the years. It has become the thing that you don't want to do, the the slimy salesperson, the, the cheesy salesperson, the manipulative salesperson, sales people and selling in general just can have a really negative connotation to it. Now, some of you are probably going, yep, mm-hmm, preach it, sister. And others of you are like, well, I really, I really think sales are great. I really think selling is great. So that's good. So for those of you who still aren't loving the whole sales concept, I hope to shift your mind by the end of this. And for those of you who, who like sales and you, you understand its place in the world, you think it's good, I hope that you have the beginnings of a love affair with this in a way that you haven't experienced before. So what is selling? So what selling is, it's, it's really the way in which you get your word, your work out into the world, your words also, but it's the way in which you get your work out into the world. Selling also provides what your clients want and need. So it actually improves their lives or and or their businesses. And then selling is also, it's the lifeblood of your business. No sales means no money means no business. A business's number one goal is to be profitable, which means it has to generate revenue, which is just a fancy way of saying money's coming in and how does money come in? 
when things are sold. So selling is the way you get your work out into the world. It provides what your clients want and need, so solutions, so that it improves their lives or businesses, and it is the lifeblood of your business. Now, here's what selling isn't. It isn't something that you have to do to people to make sure that you make money. Selling is also not some persona that you have to become, meaning you are a different person when you're in the sales role than you are when you are the business owner, or even that you're any different when you are being a friend or a wife or a parent or a sister, whatever it is. You don't put on a costume and play a character when you're selling. You should always be your authentic self. And finally, selling isn't a necessary evil that has to happen in order for you to move your business forward. So I really want to dispel all of those myths. I truly believe that selling is a very noble profession. And the reason I believe it is a noble profession is because it serves people at the highest level. And I want you to think about this at at whenever you have been a consumer, because we've all been consumers or customers or clients at some point. So if you can, I want you to conjure up in your mind the last time you invested in something or you bought something, so it could be a service or or a good or a trinket or a toy or a house or as big, as small as you want. But I want you to think of the last time that you invested in something or you bought something and it made you really happy. Maybe it just made you happy because it was silly and it was happy for the sake of happiness. A great pair of shoes, a handbag, something like that. Maybe it made you happy because it was the realization of a dream, a home, a car, a vacation. The point that I'm making is somebody sold you that. So when you think about the thing that you bought or that you invested in and the good feelings are coming up for you and you're happy or you're proud or you're so grateful that you purchased or invested in this thing, I'm pretty certain you're not sitting there saying, I can't believe that nasty salesperson pushed this on me. Salespeople just want to make money. But you're not doing that. And so this is really the essence of what is on the other side of selling. A happy customer who was more than willing to invest or spend money in this service or good because they knew that they wanted it. It made them happy. It provided a solution. It improved their life or their business. That really is the essence of selling. And when you do that, you are absolutely serving people at the highest level. I absolutely love, Jane, that you brought up the point that you don't have to take on a certain persona to do sales. Because I know when I first started my business way back when, um, I used to be so professional, you know, on sales calls, kind of stiff and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not who they worked with. Because as you guys know, I'm bubbly, kind of fun, pretty laid back. So it was incongruent. That's a really big word for me today. Um, (laughs) With really who they were getting in the end. And I found once I got more relaxed and became myself, sales were fun. They weren't, oh my God, this thing I have to do and I have to be professional and I'm so scared. And they were really fun because I was just having conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And if if you're somebody who's very naturally kind of buttoned up and and a little bit more corporate, they can be fun that way too. But you're bringing up a really good illustration or illustrative point, Pam, 
and that you just need to be who you are. And I've seen more people get themselves into trouble and lose business because they had this story in their head that they had to be a certain way in a sales conversation. And funny enough, it, it runs the the gamut on both sides of, of extremity there. So if you're somebody who's kind of bouncy and super casual and, and just sort of talks to people and like hang out, that's really how I am. And that's really how I am for the most part on my sales conversations. And it's not lacking professionalism. It's just, a, it's, it's a very lighthearted way of being and sort of bouncy and in the moment. And, and I'm not real, you know, I'm chill and I'll say things like we can chill and, you know, what's shaken. And I'm, so I use very, very informal is really how I go through most of my life, including a sales conversation. So for me to turn into something that's into some kind of person that's very, very stiff. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm corporate speaking and I'm, I'm putting a tamp down on my personality. It will come through because I'm, I'm in a place now of inauthenticity and it happens on the other side. So people who tend to be a little more formal, a little more buttoned up. They're a little more corporate. They they just have a, a way of being that's comfortable for them where it's not super cash and all happening and what's up and, you know, preach it sister or whatever kind of thing, which I've seen plenty of people do in sales conversations very, very effectively, but they aren't those people. And I have seen them derail themselves and the conversation because they feel like they have to be more charismatic or or more impassioned by what they're saying in a, in a way that's funny or they're artificially charming. And so the worst thing you can do is have an expectation of yourself to be anybody other than who you are. Your superpower is actually who you are. And the biggest thing that you can bring into a sales conversation is your full personality, who you are down to the core, being completely authentic, being completely genuine in how you show up by just being yourself. Yeah, I really like that. Your superpower is who you are. I think we should put that on t-shirts actually. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> merch merch <Yeah>. coming. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit more deeply about what selling is. So selling is simply a process of discovery and matchmaking. It's an exploratory conversation. You are trying to determine whether this person has a problem that you can solve, whether you are the best person to solve that problem. And, and this is kind of track with me here, because this is going to be interesting and new for some people. If you actually have the chemistry to work with each other, this is really important in any business that's very service related. So unlike having a little bit of leeway, if you're selling a product, you could sell the product, the person buys the product and then in the future, if the person needs anything or has questions, they're probably going to get rerouted to not you. They're going to get rerouted to customer service, the manufacturers. I, I don't know. You know, there's a million different places they could go. But if the coffee mug breaks, other than contacting the salesperson to maybe get a new one, they're not going to call you to get it fixed or whatever the case may be. In the service-based industry, though, the chemistry between you and your prospective client is really important because you are going to be in a relationship with that person for some period of time. And you do not want to see this person showing up on your caller ID and groaning or showing up in your email inbox and rolling your eyes and going, what does she want today? You don't want to experience any of that. So number one, does this person have a problem that you can solve? Number two, are you the best person to solve the problem? Because frankly, sometimes you're not, and that's okay, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And number three, is the chemistry good enough or, or really 
I don't even like good enough. Is the chemistry good? Are you all going to be live, able to live with each other and interact with each other in partnership, in relationship for a specified amount of time? So selling, a process of discovery and matchmaking. Now, this is going to lead right into what I always talk about as being, in my opinion, the top three myths of selling. And these myths will hold you back, and it's actually a disservice to your prospective clients. So when you get bogged down in any one or more of these three myths, not only are you not having good conversations, you're probably not getting clients because the whole thing is just off. You're up in your head with a story. They're feeling it. And guess what? You basically have become a salesperson, put on costume, assume position. And you just don't ever want to do that. You want to be fully who you are and you're going to explore. Okay. So myth number one, myth number one is that you have to be good at closing. And we have all grown up on this, especially if, um, for our clients, we're all probably of a certain age, right? So that whole coffee's for closers and, and there's no such thing as bad leads, only bad salespeople. So there's been this, this pressure to be really, really good at closing. Did you close? Did you close? ABC, always be closing. Did you close? Always be closing. And I just want people to chuck that out the window and not worry about that anymore. Because when you go in worrying about whether or not you're going to close, it creates artificial pressure. It puts pressure on you. It puts pressure on your prospective client. And you're, there you go. Your whole conversation now has become a pressure cooker instead of a exploratory conversation. So to frame this up, I like to talk about the difference between an objective and a goal. And this is where most people get tangled up in a lot of things, but especially in a sales conversation. This is the dictionary definition of both an objective and a goal. So I'm going to start with the goal first. A goal is what is accomplished at the end of something. It's a final result. An objective is the thing that you do or a series of actions that you take in order to reach the goal. So for example, if I have a goal to lose 10 pounds in the next six weeks, that is my goal. That is the end result. That is the thing that I'm striving for. However, that is not my objective. If I get up every day and say, today I'm going to, uh, today I'm going to remind myself that my goal is to lose 10 pounds. Where are the little Debbie snack cakes for lunch? Not good, right? I'm focusing on the goal. The objectives, that's what I need to be paying attention to. So the objectives every day would be, did I eat and track my nutrition? Did I get in my strength training? Did I do my cardio? Did I journal my emotional eating habits or whatever the case may be? So there are things that I'm doing and I'm meeting the objectives every day because I know that the likelihood of achieving my goal as a result of following the objectives is pretty high. A goal without objectives just really becomes a dream because you've got no plan of action behind it and you have no strategy and you, 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 you don't have things that you're doing. You're just kind of focusing on the end result. So it can get you tangled up in life because you can't get up every day and say, my goal is to lose 10 pounds and I have no objective. I'll just go do whatever I want. Or my goal is to build a million dollar business. And so, but today I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. So focus on the objectives and you should reach your goal. So what is the objective in a sales conversation? So we're going to toss out the goal. We're not going to get on the phone or get into a one-on-one consultation with the goal of closing. I got to get this client. I got to get this money. We're going to just chuck that out. 
what we're going to do from here on in is we are going to focus on the objective. So what is the objective? The objective is to facilitate a conversation that is rich, that is deep, that is meaningful, and that requires your prospective client to do some introspection and so that they get to the truth of whatever the heart of the matter is. That's really your objective in a sales conversation. You are going to ask questions. You are going to facilitate a conversation so that the other person can move through it with ease, with confidence, with excitement, and with extreme honesty and transparency. And you're going to help them get clarity around what their truth is. Now hey, lady boss, do you think like a CEO? When your business starts taking off, you're ready to scale up. At this point, you've got to stop thinking of yourself as a solopreneur and start thinking of yourself as the CEO of your company. If you remain in the mindset of a one-person operation, then you won't be able to grow. You'll never have the time, energy, or expertise to do everything by yourself, and your business won't be the success that it has the potential to be. So are you thinking like a CEO? Take our free assessment to find out. You can find it at flourish.biz forward slash think. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H dot B-I-Z forward slash T-H-I-N-K. Once again, that's flourish.biz forward slash think. All right, lady boss, let's get back to the show. All right. Now, you need to make sure that the rich, deep, thought-provoking conversation that's allowing your prospective client to do some introspection is about the thing that you're selling. So that's why I use the word facilitate. You need to guide the conversation so that the doors you are opening and the truth that you are helping them crack open will lead them to determining whether or not they need to buy the thing or the service that you're selling. So as an example, you wouldn't get into a deep, thought-provoking, introspective conversation about their favorite country in Europe in depth if the purpose of the phone call is to determine whether or not they are ready to work with you to lose weight. You probably actually would talk a little bit about their favorite country in Europe to travel to because traveling requires energy and energy requires making sure that your body's healthy. And then there you go. So this is kind of the magic of how sales conversations can become very, very fun because a lot of topics will come up, but you need to make sure that you kind of keep it tight. Otherwise you're going to be in consultations uh, for hours, you know, because people, especially your ideal clients, they're really fun. You're going to fall in love with them. They're going to fall in love with you. And you could just be talking, 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 which not a bad thing in and of itself, but remember you are running a business. So you have to make sure is this, are, am I getting clients today? So kind of advanced training there. I dipped into a little bit where you're going to go into multiple topics in the sales conversation, but we're not going to cover all that today. The point that I want you to know today is your objective in a sales conversation is to get this person to the truth. And you do that by facilitating a conversation where you are asking questions that are uncovering this person's need for what it is that you do, or maybe they don't need what it is that you do. And that's okay too. But this is why it's a, it's an exploratory conversation. So we're talking about myth number one, which is you have to be good at closing. 
bunk on that. Here's what I want you to think of in terms of stead. And instead of being, I have to be good at closing. I want you to start saying, I have to be good at opening. I'm going to open a space. I'm going to open a conversation. I'm going to be open to receiving what this person is telling me. And I'm going to open a container where my prospective client feels good and ready and accepted and heard and loved and seen and understood. And if you do that, Ooh. you will have more business than you know what to do with. So you are going to get light good at- Light bulb moment there. Light <laughs> Sorry, bulb. Jane. I'm just like, light bulb moment for me there when you said you don't have to do the close thing. You have to open. <laughs> Big it's light bulb. Open. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to open. And if, when you get really good at opening, the close will actually start to take care of itself. In fact, that's my brand promise in my specific sales training is when you really know how to master a sales conversation, you'll never have to close again. Your clients, your prospective clients will become your clients because they will ask you for the business in the phone call. How great would that be? So myth number one, uh, you don't get good at closing. You get good at opening. <laughs> I loved what you said about, you know, they're, if they're a great fit for you, great. But if they're not, that's okay too. And I think that's really important because you don't have to bend a fit to what they need. If you're not the right fit for each other, you can say, okay, cool. I met a really cool new person today, refer them on to somebody else. And even better, the reciprocity thing, once you refer them on to somebody else who's like stellar and you know, they'd be a great fit. Ask them if they know someone who would be a great fit for you. Yeah. So the concept that, that actually is going to go into myth number two and myth number two is I always have to make an offer and no, mm. you don't always have to make an offer. In fact, I really want you to start thinking about not making offers. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Hold the phone. What are you talking about? How could I do that? That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's not. You, you don't always want to make an offer. So this is another myth that has it's really prevalent. And it, again, it'll run you off the rails in a sales conversation. So it's this false belief that because what I do affects other people in a very positive way, and I know, and I believe that the work that I do affects people in a positive way, I need to make an offer to every single person that I talk to. And nothing could be further from the truth. Number one, they may not actually be a good fit. Just because you can help somebody doesn't mean that in that moment, it's you are what they need. They may need things before they get to you. So the easiest example I use, and I do this in my own business, is I, I don't work with people in a sales training capacity. I won't train people in sales until they have a system and a process where they're getting at least three to five leads coming in per month. If, if somebody isn't there, I would much rather them spend their time and their money in investing in how to get a process so that they're getting three to five leads coming in per month. So those people don't get an offer. They're not ready for me. They want to work with me. And this is where it gets a little challenging sometimes because I've had plenty of people say, but can we do it now? Can we do it now? No, you know, <laughs> I might, if they really want to, sure, then let's, let's, get you enrolled and we will do it in the future. But it's with the understanding that you need some things first. So never have any fear around saying now is not the time. And I'm not saying if they're ready to work with you and you know, and they know, and everybody knows they're going to need you at some point in the future and it's going to be good. That's okay. But if you are even uncertain, if they're going to need you at all, then you don't make an offer. And that part isn't the hard part so much. The hard part is, and therefore I do, will not be taking your money. 
But this is really the difference between business owners who build a business that's sustainable with a great reputation and that continues to grow and business owners who don't. There's a lot of power in saying, no, thank you. I'm not the best fit for you right now. And, and again, that absolutely, off, yeah, that'll branch off into a whole different topic. So we want to stay a little tight today, but I really want everybody to hear that. Absolutely. You know, then what circumstance gives you the best results for your clients. And if it's not, if they're not ready for that, then you're avoiding a whole bunch of things that way, right? You want yeah. to create the best experience ever because then they're going to tell all their friends. If they're not ready, they're not going to get the results that you promise. Correct. And let me tell you, nobody ever comes back and says, you know, I was, I was doing some introspection and I realized that me working with you is actually premature and shame on me for wanting to go for it. What they say is you talked me into that. <laughs> I want to, I want to refund. That's right. Or now you're not going to give me a refund. I'm going to charge back. And now I'm going to get on social media and tell people that they shouldn't work with you. And it's really unfortunate. It's just because it's not even because that person's not a nice person. It's they're stressed. They're disappointed. They didn't get results. They invested money in it and it becomes your fault. So let's circumvent that instead of making it your fault. Let's say you get, you get, you get the honor, right? You get the honor of working in integrity and saying, you know what, Pam, I hear you right now. Your business is really new and you've got a lot of exciting things coming up. Let me refer you to a few people that I know, because I'd love to see you get your foundations in place first. And then let's talk in, in about three months and see where you are at that point. That's running a business that makes sense, that makes people grateful. As opposed to me knowing Pam's not going to need me for a minimum of three months, probably longer, but I want to talk to her in three months just to see where she is. And he's saying, you know what, Pam, this sounds great. So yeah, let's go ahead and, and get you signed up for this. So what's your credit card number? What Pam doesn't have a business. Her foundations aren't in place. She doesn't, she doesn't need me right now. She'll need me soon, but she doesn't need me right now. So myth number two is you always have to make an offer. I love putting this in the context of dating. So most of our idea clients are women and women are notoriously awful at doing this. So I'm sure you're all going to really be able to relate to this story. So your sales conversations are very much like a first date, maybe a second date. So think about this. Think about for those of you who are married, think about when you went on the first date with your husband. And for those of you who are dating, think about the best date you had with some, some guy, right? I'm talking the one who's woo, lights you up, butterflies in the stomach, as one of my uh, clients who's a dating and relationship coach likes to say, make your pantyhose roll up and down metaphorically, you know, like your eyes are bugging out, bing, bang, boom, you know, you're hoping you're going to go out with them again. What are you saying to yourself in the date? What does he think about me? Does he think I'm pretty? Does he think I'm funny? Does he think I'm charming? Does he think I'm interesting? Oh, I hope he asked me back out again. Oh, I wonder what he's thinking about me. I wonder what he's thinking about me. And the better question there is, hmm, what am I thinking about him? What do I think about him? Do I think he's funny? Do I think he's interesting? Do I think he's charming? Do I think that it's worth it for me to go back out on a date if he asks me out? I'm not sure. That's the purpose of our time together. That is the purpose of our date. I'm going to see who this man is because what I have to offer is valuable and what I have to offer isn't for everybody. I know my value. I know my worth. And I am only going to offer up the opportunity to continue to spend time with me 
with someone that I know is going to treat me well, that is compatible, that is a good fit, that's going to step up and show up so that I'm not in this relationship by myself. This is really effective in dating, as you might imagine, and it's the same thing in a sales conversation. You don't bang into a date desperate, hoping that he's going to ask you back out because you kind of have this, this, but I want a boyfriend or I want a husband. And it's the same thing in the sales conversation. You don't show up going, I really need the money. I really need this gig. Because what you're doing is you're putting the focus on what do they think about me? And here we go. How can I convince them to say yes to me? So we want to flip that whole narrative. So it's what do I think about them? And am I interested in pursuing this partnership? So the power is all you. And if you just do this one mind shift, it will, it will change how you show up in a sales conversation. And as a result, it's actually going to change whether or not you are having effective conversations that feel good, that are exploratory, and you're going to be now hitting your objectives. And I can promise you, you're going to start hitting those goals. I love it. There was a couple of really big light bulb moments for me there. Um, Throughout your whole thing, that thing uh, that you said that get good at the opening, not the close, just like Mm -hmm. fireworks for me. And then did anybody else have this yummy visual when Jane said, always be closing? Of Alex Baldwin in, yeah. I think it was Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Always be closing. That was a very yummy vision for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we can use it as the prototype for that date where you don't say, ooh, what's Alex think of me? You go, what do I think of Alex? That's a given. But anyway. <laughs> but And your last point, that we're evaluating the situation not what are they thinking of us? Are they going to be joining us or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's a big one too. Really work on that, you guys, because I think that's going to help you so much to really be able to enjoy those sales conversations. They'll become a lot easier and I bet you you'll make more sales. Yeah, 100% you will because you just, you're not, you're not attached to whether or not they say yes, because that's, your, your head's not even in that space, you know, and, and that's why I love sales so much is because when I look at my calendar and I go, Oh, look at all these conversations. What I'm thinking is, huh, who are these people? What's their deal? What drives them? What makes them happy? What are they running towards? What are they running away from? I can't wait to learn more about them. I can't wait to learn more about their business. If they're interesting and they have a problem and I have the solution and I think I'm going to be the best person to solve it, then that excites me because there may be some potential clients in here and there may not, but I'm not going to sweat it. I'm going to go in and I'm going to have thought provoking, interesting conversations that require them to get to the truth of what it is that they're actually dealing with. And we'll go from there. So here's what I want to say about the truth. I say this all the time, kind of ad nauseum with my clients but I, it just, it cannot be said enough. So what's the deal with the truth? Here's the deal with the truth in that is your number one goal in the sales conversation. It's to get every, it's to get each person to, as I say, get to the bottom of their nonsense and start telling the truth. So the nonsense would be, let me go back to the weight loss example. The nonsense would be, well, you know, it's really okay. And I'm just going to, 
love myself unconditionally for who I am. Yes, absolutely. Every person should do that. But is it true? Is that really true? Are you really as happy as you could be maybe in a body that's not, not as healthy as it could be? No, that's not true. You know, so you got to own the truth. Or I talked about my dating relationship coach client, same thing with her, you know, her whole, her objective in any sales conversation is to get those people to tell the truth. And she talks to plenty of people who say, well, it's really, you know, I like being single and it would really be okay if I stayed single forever. Well, that's not true. The I like being single part kind of sort of true, true in a lot of times. But is it true that this person would be happy being single forever? Probably not. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the phone with her. So we are space holders for people to tell the truth. You've got to get them to tell the truth. They can't Pollyanna their way out of the conversation. And that's something I just made up because that is what people do. Well, you know, it could be worse or it's, it's okay if I never meet the, the love of my life and it's, you know, it, I'll, I'll be okay with it. I can handle it. Or if, if I, if I just kind of stay in this body that I have, I'll, I'll figure out a workaround. So there are plenty of times in life where being optimistic and finding the workaround and telling yourself it's all going to be okay. Absolutely. 100%. You've got to do that in plenty areas of life in plenty of times. A sales conversation is not the time. The sales conversation is the time to just strip everything off and go, I really want to find my soulmate. I really am desperate to drop this weight and have more energy and look and feel better. I really can't go another day in this business without getting clients because I don't have any more money left and I have to start making it. So that is your job in a sales conversation is to get people to drop the nonsense, drop the facade, drop the feeling like they have to put their best face forward and actually tell the truth. Now, here's what I, this is the, the linear kind of thought that I preach all the time with my clients. Here's, here's the truth thing. When you speak your truth, you hear it. And when you hear it, you feel it. And when you feel your truth, you own it. And it is in the moment of ownership of the truth that any of us actually start making decisions to do something. Speak your truth. So when you speak your truth, you hear it. When you hear it, you feel it. When you feel it, you own it. And when you own your truth, things will start to change. And I'm actually just going to stop for a second and say that one more time. And then I'm going to give everybody about 10 seconds. And I here's your directive from me. I want you to think about the last time that you told yourself the hard, hard truth, like truth that brought up all the feelings, even if you were in the middle of the night alone, you told yourself a truth that was so powerful, it made you cry, or it made you acknowledge that there's there's shame or embarrassment around it, or it made you sad. You know, I'm talking for a truth that I'm talking about, I want you to identify a truth that was so powerful that it actually emotionally moved you to a, a very different place. So I'm going to say it one more time, and then I'm just going to give everybody about 10 seconds because I want you to come up with that. When you speak your truth, you hear it. When you hear it, you feel it. When you feel it, you own it. You own your truth. So pull, pull up the last time in your memory that you told yourself a truth that just kind of knocked your socks off because it was so raw. Okay. Does everybody have that? I have that, but I'm not sharing. No, no, no. You don't have to share. No, no, no. no. Nobody, nobody share. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, nobody needs to share. But this is what I'm talking about. The very fact that you said you have it and you're not sharing, that's good because that means it is very powerful. 
it's very, very, very deep. It's very meaningful. It, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's probably, um, probably got you a little shaky, Pam, right? Just even pulling it back up and thinking about it. Like you're feeling it. Yeah. 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 You're feeling it. And I, you know, I came up with my own too and I'm feeling it. And so here's the thing. Now I want you to take that truth. Imagine talking to somebody who really cares about making sure that you get to that truth and that you own that truth. And now imagine that that person actually has a solution that would get that truth to become something other than it is a reversal of that truth, the other side of that truth. And now imagine that that person actually facilitates a conversation so you can get clear on, is this the truth? Do I own this truth? And, and what am I going to do about it? And then finally, imagine that this person holds you in this space that we were talking about earlier, this open space of deep love and deep conviction and raw, real honesty, and they're hearing you. And you are probably being heard in a way that you have never been heard before around this issue. And you feel seen and you feel understood. And this person has helped you bring this truth to the light. And suddenly it may not be as awful as you thought it was. Why? Because there is hope that we can get on the other side of that truth. And then finally, imagine working with this person that you've been having this conversation with. They can change, you know, and this is why they can help you change. And this is why I get so passionate about sales because think about this. I mean, I mean, and this is, this is really kind of heavy, but I truly believe this when we are in, when we are in that space and when we are having conversations with people, not because we're trying to convince them to do something, not because we're trying to compel them to work with us, certainly not because we're trying to secure their credit card because we need the money. When we are in the space where we are facilitating a conversation where somebody else can get to the truth and as a result, they get clear. And as a result of that, they start making different decisions to get on the other side of that truth. Guess what you have just done? You have become a partner in their journey and you have become a part of the whole catalyst process for this person to walk away from where they are and walk into what is ultimately the destiny that they're trying to create for themselves. If I that isn't it. some big stuff, I don't know what is. That's for sure. Holy Hannah. What a great episode, right, guys? <laughs> um, obviously, Jane has just a tiny bit of passion for this topic. <laughs> we couldn't tell it all, right? <laughs> but sales is so important. But I think it's so important that you can enjoy it, too. Because I kind of think of it as meeting new people. I love it because I... I am an introvert by nature, believe it or not. So I need my alone time, but I'm also a super social creature. So I'm like a walking contradiction, but those conversations, I don't know, totally pump me up. Mm -hmm. And that's what I look at them. You know, it's not, oh my God, I got a sales call at three. It's a conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, how... Delicious is that thinking I have a conversation where who am I talking to today? Sally Smith. Okay. I have a conversation with Sally today and I'm dying to know what Sally's truth is. I'm dying to know what Mm -hmm. Sally really believes about herself in this area and in this area 
being the thing that you do, the thing that you sell. All right. So want to get into the third myth, the final myth. So the final and third myth is that, let me recap first, actually. The first myth is that you have to be good at closing. You're not going to do that anymore. You're going to get good at opening. Myth number two is that you always have to make an offer. You're not going to do that anymore. You're going to vet them. You're going to have an exploratory conversation and you're going to determine, is this somebody I can help? Is this somebody I want to work with? And the final myth is that you have to impress people by articulating what it is that you do and what it is that you know. And no, (laughs) you do not do that. So I have kind of bad news for everybody. If you're sitting down, if you're driving, don't wreck the car, you know, but here's the scoop. Nobody really cares how amazing you are. They just don't. They really don't. What they care about is how amazing you can help them become as a result of working with you. I'm not saying you're not amazing. You're all amazing. And you, yes, there are plenty of you who you need credentialing and you need certificates and you need uh, specific education and all of that is important, but none of it really is as important as them understanding that their lives are going to be transformed as a result of working with you. So if you think about this in terms of a dentist, let's say, so say I go into the dentist and Uh, I want a better smile. So I'm looking at teeth whitening, or maybe I'm really getting up there. I'm getting veneers. I don't know whatever I'm doing, but I'm getting something done so that I can have a better smile, which is going to make me feel more confident, which is going to make me more brave about securing bigger speaking gigs, which ultimately will help my business. So that's what I'm going into the dentist for. I'm not wanting to know where did he go to school and how long was he there and how many people, yeah, I don't really care about all of that. You know, I'm going to go in and I'm going to tell him that this is what I need. And what I need is it's me, you know, we are, we're all selfish for a reason. And in that kind of situation, that's not a bad thing to be selfish. So I don't, I don't really care about all his fancy degrees and his, whatever he's got going on. Can he help me? You know, am I going to walk out of there with my mouth looking good? Not his. I don't care. I mean, that sounds a little harsh. How true. Care, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, does, <laughs> it doesn't sound harsh to me. I don't know. I just, it, it, it's the radio station, WIIFM, right? What's in yeah. it for me? Yeah, 100%. So the worst thing that you can do is actually get really, really good at explaining to people what it is that you do. And even worse is how you do it. So in this industry, what I hear a lot of people do before they start working with me is, okay, Pam, this sounds really good. I think you'd be a really good fit. So let me let me tell you um, how I work. I'd love for us to work together in a VIP situation. Now, this will be a duration of three months. And once every week, we're going to have a call and you're going to have downloadable modules. And then once a month, we're going to have a mastermind. So I'm often running into the process. And I'm telling you what I do and how I do it. And it just shuts people down. Why? Because they really don't care. That's just the methodology that's going to get them what it is that they're looking for. So in other words, if the dentist said, you know what, Jane, no problem. So here's what we're going to do. First thing we're going to do is we're going to alter. I have no idea how dentists work, so I'm making this up. We're going to ultraviolet ray your lights and then we're going to take, or your teeth, and then we're going to take x-rays. And then I'm going to have the, the my assistant come in and she's going to, really make sure that she cleans everything. And we use an amazing toothpaste that was developed by NASA and it's 3.21 on a, yeah, I don't care. What I want him to say is Jane, we got it. 
You know, you're going to be in here for about three hours. And when you walk out, you're going to feel like a million bucks because you're going to have a million watt smile and you're going to be getting on those stages and you're going to be flashing those pearly whites everywhere. You're going to be confident. You're going to be happy. You are going to be on fire because you know that you look great and your smile is representing all the happiness that you feel on the inside. Have a seat. There's not enough that can be said for that. That's for sure. Yeah. And, um, I know, Jane, that you could go on and on because of the passion that you have for sales. And truly, I can't blame you. I really love it too. But if you'd like to carry on this conversation, let's do it over in the Flourish and Grow Facebook group. If you're not a member, definitely um, apply to join. It's not really an apply to join. We just make sure you're of the right age and have a business, okay? (laughs) Because we want the right people in our group. But I think it's a great opportunity for us to carry on that conversation. That sounds like a great idea. So just to recap for today, three myths. Number one, you have to be good at closing. You don't be good at opening. Number two, you always have to make an offer. You don't. It's a vetting process. You need to make sure that's what you want to do. And number three, you have to impress people with what you know and, and articulate it to them so that they're very clear on how you do it. You don't. You want to explain to them what will happen for them as a result of working with you. Right. Like we talked about on another episode, focus on the outcomes, not the deliverables, because that's what people really want to hear about. Yep. Super awesome, people. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, get out there and flourish. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. Be sure to visit our website at flourish.biz. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H dot biz, where you can subscribe to the shows in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find our show notes and resources there too. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, We'd love for you to leave a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would sure help us out too. Now, get out there and flourish.